You're listening to the most authentic place in sports. It's the Sports Headline Show. Here are your hosts, Sean Davis and Warner Sanker. Welcome back to that show. Sports Headline Show with our in-depth preseason power rankings. On to number 19, and it is the Miami Dolphins. Uh, led by what third year now quarterback Tua Tungavailoa, um, with with a new head coach uh, Brian Flores and, and the whole tanking saga um, ensued last year. Uh, Sean, I mean, it's a team that has exciting playmakers like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, uh, Raheem Mostert, a whole lot of speed on this on this team but they also have some very, very glaring weaknesses um, in, in crucial spots, I think is the best way to describe this, this squad. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I am excited to really talk about this Dolphins squad here because um, I think there is room for potential. But, I mean, we're going to see, man. First off, the schedule is brutal. Um, the schedule is brutal. Um, and, and there's just a lot that needs to be sorted out this season, whether it's your quarterback play, your offensive line play. Uh, can you get some development out of your younger pass rushers? Um, a quick reminder before we get started, please do subscribe right here to the Sports Headline Show's YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell as well as you stay up to date with all of our content. And we're going to continue this series. And we're going to get this done for you guys before the season begins. So you're going to want to stay in the know. With all the latest stuff. But uh, let's kick things off by diving in to this Dolphins offseason, which I would say was a very eventful one. Your, your biggest departure being your head coach, I think, for the most part, if that's your biggest departure, fine. Uh, I'm not saying that in a disparaging way. Brian Flores is a great head coach. But, I mean, typically, if that is your biggest departure, I think – as long as you made some some good moves, I think you uh, won the offseason, or you had a good offseason, rather. Um, you lose you lose Devontae Parker uh, and Jesse Davis as well. But let's talk about your additions here. We're going to skip the coaching staff additions for now because we're going to really fully address those in just a sec. But Tyree Kill, you, you go trade for Tyree Kill. You bring in Cedric Wilson as well. Uh, you go get to run Armstead at Connor Williams to try to bolster up that offensive line. Keyword try. And then you just go get all the running backs. You go get Chase Edmonds. You go get Sonny Michelle. You go get Raheem Mostert. And then you go get Melvin Ingram to be what's more likely going to be a rotational pass rusher on third downs uh, for the Dolphins. And then, and then in the draft, you go get Channing Tindall. Tyndall, and then uh, you you draft Daniel Tiger in the fourth round. Uh, uh, for, I really like the Daniel Tiger pick. That guy's just an athlete. He, he's just a freak athlete. He is mauling plug all him, the plug others. Him in, plug him in anywhere, offense, defense. I mean, he might end up starting a nose tackle and quarterback for this team. Great pick in the fourth round here. Unfortunately, he did not crack the uh, quarterback depth chart, but uh, he could he could play there. But uh, uh, that's that's just a joke. We were. Making a joke about how they literally had no draft picks worth mentioning. Um, they didn't have any of their original seven picks either. They all geez. received them via trade from other teams. 
Yikes. Um, so, Warner, how would you evaluate this offseason? I, I thought it was a solid offseason. Obviously, you you can't hate bringing in Tyreek Hill, Teron Armstead. Um, Chase, I like Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert as well. Sonny Michelle's a good running back. But um, overall, it, it doesn't really move the needle for me in the sense that um, it – they they can compete right now. Um, Tyreek Hill is is a great receiver, but I, I almost would rather see Tua and his skill set with somebody like a Keenan Allen or or a Devontae Adams um, or, or you know a Stephon Diggs or someone who's a very very quick separator. It almost feels like Tyreek Hill's speed, uh, at least his vertical speed and ability. Uh, without the ball in his hands, is is kind of being wasted here. Um, now, that with that being said, Tyreek Hill could still run a slant and out and take it 85 yards to the house. But um, you know, overall, I'd say a good off season. But uh, it, it just it doesn't move the needle for me. And you know, with a rookie head coach, obviously you, you have a sense of trust in Mike McDaniel just from how he's carried himself and um, you know his track record in San Francisco, but, um, you know, it, you went from a top 10 head coach and Brian Flores, who seemed to be turning the franchise around to this rookie head coach. Who's largely a question mark as well. And not saying that in a, in a bad way, but he's a rookie head coach. I think as much as we do like him, he's, there's he's always a, growing pains. Yeah. There's always growing pains that he, he is going to be a question mark, but, uh, Let's talk about it. Mike McDaniel and uh, the scheme they're going to be running here offensively. They're going to rank 10th here at the grade of 8.40. Running this outside zone, wide zone, Shanahan play action style scheme. And as you guys can see here in the notes, uh, this is literally Shanahan of all Shanahan. He might out Shanahan Shanahan in terms of how Shanahan-y this Shanahan offense is going to get. Um, I like what you just said there. I think we're going to be calling him Mike Shanahan um, at the end, and it'll be Kyle McDaniel over in San Francisco. I do want to note, um, I think McDaniels was what, their their run game coordinator? Because Michael Floor was their pass game coordinator? Or did I get that backwards? I think he got that backwards. No, I think McDaniel was the OC. uh, Well, he moved up to OC, but they didn't have an OC when LaFleur was – in town, it was Shanahan and then Court. Mike Lafleur, not not Matt Lafleur. Yeah, yeah, Matt. Mike. Talking, but, I mean, um, I, I'm I'm a double check that, but go ahead. I don't know, but but that just I, I really love the uh, the Mostert signing for that reason because he was so dominant in San Francisco, um, and and Chase Edmonds I think can be really good too. Uh, just just nothing. You're right. Um, You're right. Uh, 20, 2017 to 2020, so the first four years or so of his tenure. He was the uh, running game coordinator, and then last year was the OC. I should trust myself more. I should. But, um, yeah, I think that really uh, both explains and um, makes the Raheem Mostert move even better. I mean, he Raheem Mostert was just dominant as a running back in that in that scheme. You're, you're going to combine Mike McDaniel with Frank Smith as the OC, Daryl Bevel as the quarterback's coach, Eric Sudsville at running backs, Wes Welker at uh, receivers, John Embry, uh, as the tight end coach, and then two offensive line coaches, Matt Applebaum and Lou Pierre. Um, 
I, I do want to touch on LeBron and the coaching staff, though. But uh, my, Mike McDaniel, I think there is a really solid balance in this coaching staff. I want to give a lot of credit to Mike McDaniel for realizing like some of the weaknesses of a Shanahan Shanahan's version of his offense. And is in Warner. Well, Warren, I mean, let me kick to you. Warren, what would you say is like the a weakness from Kyle Shanahan's version of this outside zone play action heavy scheme? Um, well, it it can end up being too uh, east and west, I, I think, and uh, not as north and south. If you don't have a smart running back or, or a lot of speed on your roster and, and your playmakers, then um, it's just not as explosive. And I think you can also um, – Overall, this isn't necessarily a weakness of it, but it can promote um, – I think it can promote sort of a, a laziness or, or a not need to – I hate saying lazy, but but a, a feeling of not needing to go through a reads for, for, for your quarterback because usually that first read or that second read is open. Uh, and usually there's only one or two reads in the first place. So um, I think those can both be weaknesses. Um, but, but go ahead. I think you're going to make an overarching point. Yeah, you, you kind of mentioned it, but I think the biggest weakness of Kyle Shanahan's version of the offense is more of the drop-back passing game, something yeah. that LaFleur has Rodgers, so you can make an argument that it doesn't matter how bad his drop-back passing game is. It's going to be solid because he has Aaron Rodgers. McVay, I mean, that's what separates his, honestly, is how good his drop-back passing game is. And then you bring in Frank Smith to be your offensive coordinator, which – I think it's a great idea. He, he was the Chargers, uh, I want to say, tight ends coach last season. Um, and he's been around just guys who are more like, – like, for example, and I, I hate to go on a tangent. Right now, in the two biggest – Mourner, I don't care what you say. The two biggest American sports right now, the NBA and the NFL, for the most part, for the most part, the scheme – no, he was the run games coordinator and uh, offensive line coach in uh, – LA, my bad. But he was the Titans coach in Vegas, et cetera, et cetera. But in both leagues, there are a couple of main schemes that are being run. And you're you kind of fall under that tree. In the NFL, that's Shanahan, and then you're the, this their modern pro spread. We look at like the Saints, the Chiefs, like obviously they're iterations of it, but at its core, it's just a modern spread. And then you have Shanahan, the wide zone, play action, heavy stuff. And now you get to combine it, and now you take – basically now the offense gets to have a little bit more creativity and versatility, and it gets to go – I was thinking more north to south in the vertical passing game, stretch the field open a little bit more. Um, so I, I really do like you getting Frank Smith. And then you were able to keep Eric Studsville around. He was your offensive coordinator last year. He was sharing that responsibility. Um, so you have a lot of play calling experience. You have a, yeah, like your head coach, OC, quarterback coach, and and running backs coach all have some experience in this department. So I think this is a loaded yeah. coaching room. And, uh, and to add, add to your point, uh, I also like the fact that they, they did keep some guys from the old staff around um, just because they'll have a, a better connection with the players, help. Mike McDaniel and Frank Smith connect with more of the players and understand who everybody is faster than they normally would. And uh, also, you know, Brian Flores was very good at building a, a, the culture in Miami. And um, I think that's something that, that those two will, or that, that the former coaches will um, keep some of it around 
even as Mike McDaniel implements his his newer culture just because he's the head coach. All righty. Now let's dive into one of the reasons why this team is ranked so low because um, – as you'll see for defensive coaching, they're going to get a, a good grade for that too. And you don't have to worry about the special team. So why is this team ranked so low? Well, uh, partially because the offense. It's the quarterback. It's the quarterback. Tua Tagovailoa is going to come in ranking 30th for us. Teddy Bridgewater honestly might be the better quarterback day one. Now you could make the argument that Mike McDaniel is probably the best option right now for Tua coming from San Francisco and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo being a a decent comp for Tua. But you you look at Tua and it's just so clear that the, he he has some of the traits. I I do think he has some, I think more of the thing coming out. He could be very efficient. He could be a very efficient uh, short to intermediate game passer. Um, if, if he puts in the work, um, you know, he's, he's fans claim he, he's a super accurate quarterback who, who's got great placement on, on his footballs. And that's not quite true, but that very accurate would well be true. Uh, he, he could, he could improve a little bit in that facet, but the, the arm strength, like you can't teach speed. Well, it's, a, it's very hard to teach arm strength as well. He could go on some driveline baseball training split over the off season and really, uh, you know, gain three, four, five miles an hour on his velocity. But, um, at, at this point you're getting relatively maxed out on, on pure arm strength and zip you can put on the football, but if he can accurately, uh, put balls in, in good spots for his dynamic receivers to, uh, to play, um, he can be a very, very, efficient uh passer of the football and they can have a, an effective offense um but just the the weaknesses he shows in some of the throws he makes um and then combined with the lack of some physical attributes like arm strength like uh you know he's not hyper mobile either he can move around but he's not hyper mobile not too big of a threat in the uh, quarterback running game so uh you, you combine that and that's that's why he's grading out so low here Exactly. Not saying you have to have elite arm strength to be in a, even an average quarterback, but you definitely cap yourself out because and and Warner made this comparison maybe in the last episode actually about Matt Ryan and why you know no. when you get when he gets in the red zone why especially more recently he's not as good of a quarterback when he enters the red zone and I think. The big reason why is because he doesn't have that zip on the football where you look at a Matthew Stafford, a Josh Allen, a Justin Herbert, uh, or uh, did I say Patrick Mahomes? I did not say Patrick Mahomes. The Patrick Mahomes where these guys just have the elite level Orm talent. I did not say Aaron Rodgers either. Um, These guys just – We saw it with Malik Willis in the preseason. He fired a missile in to his receiver through a really tight window between two sandwiching uh, defenders. And I was like, wow, that, that place, like it was you know, if anybody too. doubts Malik Willis's physical attributes, you're crazy because he's got that zip at that, you know, guys like Tua, Matt Ryan now um, just, just don't have. Exactly. And um, I, I think this room is going to be, you know, capped because of it. Um, and it's, Unfortunate because I think you have some 
some really great talent. I think you're going to have good play calling and, and coaching. Um, but honestly, if this team gets average quarterback play from Tua, they, they'll be in a lot of games because I think they are ultra talented. And let's talk about why. And I think a big reason why is because of the weapons. But let's start off with running back, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Moses. They're going to rank 27th of the 7.10. Uh, this running back room, honestly, is even this high in terms of the grade they got because of it's really just a running back by committee. You have a lot of, I'd say, replacement level to okay starters in the league. I think Chase Edmonds is a fine starter who uh, is going to help them out a lot, I think, in the, in the passing game. But if Raheem Moser does not take over as the starting running back at some point this season, I'd be surprised. I think he followed he followed Mike McDaniel to Miami because he obviously had his best seasons in the NFL with Mike McDaniel as the run game coordinator. So um, Sonny Michelle as well, coming from the Rams, knows should know the scheme fairly well. I mean, obviously the, the the terminology is probably the biggest difference. Honestly, when you look at the different versions of this Shanahan scheme, the terminology, but I think at its core, these are all very similar schemes. Miles um, Gaskin, who was there last year, fine back. Warner, what are your thoughts in general on this uh, receiving room, on this running back room? I, I think it's um, – I think you – you undersold him a little bit, but it's it's really it's it's what you said. Uh, Chase Edmonds is not some top tier excellent running back. He's an above average back who um, I'd say his strength again, as you stated, was is in the receiving game. Uh, Raheem Mostert, I think, is going to be their main runner of the football. They're they're gonna, probably going to go running back by committee. That's what I would do, um, at least in this situation. You know, if you're running the ball, say thirty times a game which is a lot over 17 games. That's 500 attempts. Um, you know, you, that it's like, you know, 12 carries for Edmonds, 12 carries for Mostert, and you you give a few to Sonny Michelle, a few to Miles Gaston. Just keeping these guys healthy, especially Raheem Mostert, because he can be so explosive, and he has been so explosive in this in this um, Shanahan running game. Um I, th- I think that's key for this team. But, yeah, he he definitely um, is going to be their number one back, barring any injury. Now let's talk about the weapons and why I think Dolphins fans falsely are, you know, really, really high and think this team can win the division, which I've heard tossed around. Ooh, and e- e- and even, if, even if Tua, you know, is an average quarterback, I don't think he win the division. But let's take a look at this receiver. He's going to rank fifth in the NFL uh, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson. L- let's just talk about Tyree Kill. You go trade for Tyree Kill. Um, you're trying to add a weapon to Tua and, and help Tua out this season. Um, and, and what Tyree Kill provides, he's not the best receiver in football, but when he was with Patrick Mahomes, he was for, for sure – a if not top three, probably the most uh, important wide receiver in football, just because of the impact that he made on an individual play. Whether he, whether or not if he's touching the ball or not, you just have to worry about him. And comparing next to Travis Kelsey was a nightmare. Trust me, as Chargers fan, having to deal with them twice a year, and you literally have to pick your poison because if you 
try to double team Tyreek Hill. Well, guess what? Travis Kelsey. Like you can't do one or the other. You just have to do your best at guarding them. And I mean, the Chargers did well in week three last year, but that's the other thing there. Um, and then you pair him with Jalen Waddle, who I, I thought it got a little bit wild with some of the comparisons for uh, Jalen Waddle comparing him to Tyreek Hill. Not saying that I didn't quite understand it. I think I even said like, hey, the absolute peak is Tyree Kill, but you know the floor is Curtis Samuel, and right now he's somewhere in the middle of that. And I'll and I'll admit it, I was slightly wrong on Jalen Waddle. I think his release, and I think some of his route running abilities are were already better than what we anticipated. What I anticipated coming out of college, um, I, I will give him that. I think he's always had the speed to take the top off the off a of defense. So I do think he has pretty reliable hands. Um, and then you pair him with Cedric Wilson, just all the speed in this receiving room here. And, you know, you got uh, Preston Williams as your number four receiver. That's a, that's fine. Um, I think there was stuff about him potentially being traded. If they don't, that, that's fine as well. Uh, you have Mike Gusecki as your tight end, who's just a solid tight end. Who I, think is, I think we know what Gusecki is now. I don't think he'll be a top five, six tight end in the league, but he's definitely a top eight or ten or I think he could play receiver if he really wanted to. Yeah, he he's a stud, and he's just a big body uh, target. He's like Kyle, he, Kyle Pitts is Mike Gusecki on drugs. That's- yeah, Kyle Pitts is a more athletic version of Mike Gusecki, really. I mean, that's that's just what it comes down to. Gusecki can go up and get any ball. He's uh, strong at the catch point. He can run a little bit after the catch. Um, he's got he's got good speed. I mean, he's got good body control. Um, he's just – I mean, this whole receiving core is just is just solid. I mean, Tyreek Hill, obviously stud. Jalen Waddle, I'd say stud. Cedric Wilson, solid, especially as your slot receiver. Really good guy to have. Preston Williams, you touched on as your fourth. Really good playmaker to have as your number four wide receiver. Mike Gusecki, really solid tight end. And Chase Edmonds, as well as even Raheem Mostert, Miles Gaskin, and, and, and heck, Sony Michelle, all out of the backfield are really solid receiving backs as well. Um, they've just they've got a good receiving room, hence the fifth grade at just under a nine. Um, you know, Durham Smythe, Adam Shaheen blocking tight ends. You know, Mike Kosecki's not much of a blocker. Um, I think he's he's honestly more likely to uh to a lineup out wide than to be just straight blocking tight end on the line of scrimmage for you know helping against a, a really good edge rusher. But um it's it's a really good receiving room and and you know you got to give Tua all the help he needs at this point in his career. Exactly. And, I mean, now if the Dolphins, although falsely so, for being completely honest, because of what this offensive line room still is, um, now the Dolphins can say, hey, Tua, we've given you everything. We gave you a top five receiving room. We gave you one of the better up-and-coming play callers in football. Y- you stink. So now we were, we're allowed to move on, um, and and I think I will say though this this offensive line is is going to hold him back, but he shouldn't be holding on to the ball for that long. So I, I guess some of that's still going to be on too. If if Mike McDaniel's calls the offense the way we think he should, and he's going to call the offense, which is a lot of quick and, and immediate passing game, which is how he should exactly. And I think with a you combine him with Frank Smith as well, who was with John Gruden as well. So, and again, that's why I like He's a grinder. He, he's great. He, he has some experience with Sean Payton and, 
and John Gruden and Joe Lombardi, who's again from that Saints tree. And, and I think really quickly, th- I think the passing attack is definitely going to be better this season. Um, l- last season was a lot more RPO heavy, but I think again, it's, at its core, it's going to be a Shanahan scheme. And I think the offensive line is going to be a little bit better because of that. And I, I think, you get again, the offensive line will be better because you're going to get the wide, wide zone runs, uh, play action heavy stuff. But you're also, in terms of your passing game, you're going to get the play action, the boot stuff, getting to on the move, which I think is where he does operate better. And then in your drop back passing game, you're going to allow Tua to, you know, just get the ball out of his hands really, really quickly, which is something that, albeit a little bit annoyingly so, the Chargers did up really, really well with Herbert. Sean Payton, coach teams, did a lot of like, hey, we're going to get the ball out. Um, the Raiders with, with Gruder, with more of these modern pro spread schemes where they emphasis on, hey, short to intermediate stuff, kind of let that set up the deep shots down the field. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think they'll be using that a little bit as well. And that could benefit the O-line because, oh, Lord, this O-line is going to rate 28th. And I know what you're thinking. Sean, they just got to run Armstead, probably a top five left tackle in football off the top of my head. I'd say definitely, yeah. Um, I mean. So you got you brought in, you bring in a top five left tackle in football. Why is this still a 28th best room here? Because Austin Jackson is – one of the worst left guards, starting left guards in football right now. Robert Hunt, ew. Connor Williams is – you said right, running back. Uh, Connor Williams Not bad is, for a Connor Williams is fine. Liam Eichenberg, I, I, I don't know if this is me taking an L. If I have to hold an L here, sure. I, I really did like Liam Eichenberg coming yes, out – um, I, I still think there's room for growth. I think right now, uh, he's, he, he definitely needs to, to work on some of his technique as a pass protector, but, uh, I, I still think, I mean, and for being completely honest with you, I don't think there's a better option other than starting Liam Meikenberg right now and hoping that your offensive line coaches and, and things of that nature, they can work with him on getting his technique more refined and, and getting him in the film room so he could work on that. Um, your, your depth is not that good as well. So, uh, yeah, Warner, I'm just going to let you have a I, I will say, this, one. this this line is, aside from Toronto Armstead, is much better at run blocking than they are pass protection. Um, you're looking at guys like Connor Williams, Robert Hunt, uh, even some of their depth pieces. Greg Little's a, a solid run blocker. I'd say a borderline good run blocker uh, for a depth tackle. Um, although he, he again, pass protection is, is his flaw there. Along with Michael Dieter, Solomon Kinley, and Robert Jones, all good run blockers um, as as depth pieces. So I think, you know, I, I think Mike McDaniel can work with this offense because as long as they can run block this wide zone scheme, um, we've said it time and time again, and we're going to say it about seven more times for the teams coming up. If not more, and that is this scheme creates less pressure on the offensive line and the receivers, which then allows the running backs and the quarterbacks to have an easier job as well. The offensive line is is able to bully teams. They're they're on the attack, not just the defense and kind of catching a pass rusher and 
trying to not let him get to your quarterback. Pass blocking is a lot harder than run blocking. Um, that in turn is going to open up more holes for your running backs. It's also going to give your quarterback a little bit more time because the defensive line is going to constantly be being attacked and, and, and there's going to be disguises between the pass and the run. So the linebackers aren't going to know which one's which, which is going to bring them in and allow Tua to throw the ball behind them. It's also going to give uh, the receivers a better time because they're going to have more simple crossing routes where they are schemed open. They don't have to get open or, or necessarily find space. Um, at, at, and, and that's going to also help the, the quarterback and then the run game as well, because then you can't commit all your, all your resources to stopping those crossing routes. Cause then that's going to open up the run. So it's, I, I will say worst comes to worst this it's going to hurt the drop back passing game a lot. Um, and we've talked about that a good amount in this, in this episode so far, but I do think that it is um, it's going to be it, the, the, the Mike McDaniel style of, of the Shanahan scheme is going to take pressure off of this offensive line's weakness, which I think is very, very, very good um, for two of the coaching staff and the, the offense and the team in general. Yeah, I agree. And then also, it's not like you have skill position players that can block and, and help this room out. Uh, Cedric Wilson is one of the worst blocking receivers in football. You're talking about for the run. I mean, I don't think Ceddy Wilson's going to be taking a three step or, uh, uh, you know, taking his uh, his drop steps or and, and trying to, you know, chip Von Miller or something when they play the Bills. Fair enough. Uh to wrap up this offense, strengths and weaknesses, uh, I think you have elite playmakers. I really, really do. And uh, again, they rank fifth in terms of your receiving room. Uh, you also have for the 1,000th time, you know, just keep reiterating this point. You have the most quarterback friendly scheme, if not all time, in the modern NFL for sure. And then you have a great up and coming, up and coming coaching staff. Um, again, I, I really do like what you were able to do with this coaching staff. Uh, Mike McDaniel, Frank Smith, Daryl Bevel, Eric Studsville, Wes Welker, John Embry, Matt Applebaum. I, I think this staff is one of the more well-rounded staffs, and you have a lot of experience while being a little bit of a younger staff as well. I, again, I think they all provide something different, and I think it's great because it's not like Mike McDaniel brought in only Shanahan guys, which I think is such a good thing. They did not do that. Um, you love the diverse skill sets and as, as a coaching staff. Exactly. So, uh, and then weaknesses Two is a weakness, this offensive line. And then the running back health, I think uh, that's another reason why this running back room ranked so low is because not only because a bunch of replacement level starters, but they're all rather injury prone, whether Sony, Michelle, Raheem Moster, obviously, um, Miles Gaskin has his his fair share of injury concerns. Chase up everybody has everybody. injury concerns in that uh running back room. But uh let's talk about this defense here, which is gonna be the bright spot still. And I think even though they lose Brian Flores, I I still feel really confident about this defense because it's gonna be the same scheme. And I think what you're gonna be running with Josh Boyer ranking ninth year for defensive coaching and scheme, uh, ranking 15th overall defensively. Just plug and play the 
Uh, Brian Flores scheme, the New England Patriots, Belichickian style 3-4 attacking defense where you're going to be trying to mix up stunts and things of that nature to scheme up pressures for your uh, edge rushers. And uh, we, we talked about it in the last episode with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Go check that out. That one of the biggest differences in what Flores had here in Miami and what more of his scheme is and what he has in Pittsburgh is what this scheme does a great job of is that you don't really need, well, it definitely surely helps. You don't need those great elite edge rushers that are going to, you don't, you don't need the TJ Watt, not, okay, let me, let me backtrack. If you don't have a TJ Watt, you would like one. Exactly. That, that's what these, if you execute it right, what these Belichickian schemes do, and again, it's pretty much been only Flores and Belichick that have been able to do it right. But yeah. um, if you get it down right, then um, what the scheme does, it does a great job of manufacturing uh, pressures for guys. Um, we saw it in New England. That's why New England could get away with having Matt Judon, who's fine. He's, he's a good pass rusher, but having him as your legit number one, they are fine with that. Or in years past, Kyle Van Noy was Miami's number one. This scheme turned Emmanuel Ogba. He's a, he's a hybrid guy. I mean, this but. scheme turned Emmanuel Ogba into a, a, a high end number two pass rusher that just got paid. So, this scheme, if you get it down right, I think will do wonders for this defense. I think I do trust Josh Boyer. And I think, honestly, we, we might see whether it was all Flores or I think Josh Boyer is going to get a lot more credit than what he – he's going to get more credit than – yeah, my words are completely mixed up. I think what I'm – He's going to get more saying, credit than he did when Flores was in the house. Thank you. There we go. See, Warner, Warner's got me covered. Um, Warner, what, what are your thoughts on this coaching and scheme that's going to rank ninth here defensively? Yeah, I, I just um... – kind of echoing your your sentiments josh boyer is going to be the key here um and as long as he calls a good defense and uh, allows these players i mean they've got some athletes on the defensive side of the ball they've got really good corners you'll see that in a second um and and that's that's going to allow their pass rush to get home more along with the scheme i think if he plays his card right he could be one of the top defensive play callers um, in the NFL, at least at least for his team and for the talent he has on his roster. Would it be crazy to say that the Dolphins have a great defensive season under Josh Boyer? He could be one of the prime head coaching candidates. No, I don't. I don't think that's crazy at all. Uh, I mean, we've seen guys like Matt Eberflus, uh, who had really good defensive coaching seasons, go get jobs. Brandon Staley. Um, you know, I think Raheem Morris is going to be in that conversation as well. Another former Rams and uh, Falcons before then. The Falcons defense. should have let him go, but that's um, either here yeah, or there. No, Raheem Morris is a dog, dude. The Rams are, I think, lucky that they got him to replace Brandon Staley. What the Rams? The Ra- The all right. The really random sign up, but the Rams are lucky. <laughs> the Rams they are lucky out. that they've been able to keep him for a second consecutive yeah. year. Yeah, uh-huh. that that's what they're lucky about. Yeah. I totally thought when we got a job, but let's talk about it. Pass rush here. It's going to rank 26, but holy cow, man. I, I, I think this room has a ton of potential to grow and get better. Jalen Phillips. I love Jalen Phillips. Uh, right now he's listed as, a, as an edge depth piece. I think right now he might just be more of a third down 
pass rusher, but uh, dang it, I missed. Um, I, I do think that he is he has the all the potential in the world to be a number one pass rusher at some point in the National Football League. Who kind of flew under the radar, I feel, because of a lot of his injury concerns coming out of college, why he left UCLA and then wound up going to Miami. Granted, for his sake, I think it was better that he landed in Miami. I think that he was in a better situation where with better coaching in Miami. Um, And honestly, he might have been our number one pass rusher if the injury concerns weren't there. I'm trying to think back. You know, you had Gregory Rousseau, um, Quiddy Pay. I'm not sure if if Jalen Phillips was healthy. Those guys are bad. I did love Aziz Ajulari. But – I think yeah, the Jaylen, only question with Phillips was could he stay healthy? Yes, that, that was literally the only question. Um, you got some good stuff on the inside as well. I, I do like what you have in Christian Wilkins and um, <clears throat> and uh, Zach Salier. Um, but Emmanuel Ogba is definitely your best pass rusher right now who can definitely go win you a one on one matchup and uh, who, who really has added to his pass rush tool belt. And, you know, give give all the credit in the world to what Brian Flores and this coaching staff did to really get Emmanuel Ogba playing really, really well, uh, who's been a breakout. And, again, he's getting paid a really good amount of money because of what this scheme has done. I think they are, while they're going to rank, again, 26, they're going to be completely fine with – and how many teams can you say they're going to be completely fine with them having the 26th uh, best uh, pass rush room here? Because, again, they're going to really do a great job of scheming up touches for guys yeah. like Emmanuel Ogba, for a guy like Jalen Phillips, who, by the way, I think can, is in his own right, win his own matchups one-on-one. And if Josh Boyer could get really creative with the scheming stuff here defensively, I think it would be just fine. And Ogba back-to-back seasons with nine sacks. I have to look at his pressure numbers, but – um, production-wise, I think he's been just fine as well. Um, it's I, I think we know what Agba is. I don't think he's going to get much better. But um, for what he is, man, I, I think he's done a, 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 a good job. Yeah, I agree. And, and again, the coaching staff is really going to help out um, this this pass rush. And, and you know, Jalen Phillips can be this team's number one pass rusher if he stays healthy. Um, I, I firmly believe that. Um, and you also have Melvin Ingram as a veteran. Um, hasn't really been too hot the last few years, definitely at the end of his career, towards the end of his career, but who can definitely still uh, produce and contribute um, as as a rotational pass rusher. He can play a wow, what was his name? I'm, I'm thinking back. We, we never published it. Uh, he, could be our, he could be the Brandon Graham. The Brandon Graham uh, for our Chargers. Oh, are you talking about recall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he, not gonna have Brandon. Brandon Graham got like seventeen sacks that year playing yeah, rotation yeah. interior rusher. Great call by me. It, it wasn't seventeen, but it was something crazy. Like yeah, no, he, yeah. him on the I inside. Think, I think he was close to twenty. Like it was a thirty-five-year-old Brandon Graham who had like eighty-seven power moves still and like eighty-four finesse or something. And you know he who, was our number was, two interior. Who was our number one though? Interior guy. I'm trying to remember who was on the outside. It was Bosa, Bosa and then Wosu, I think. No I way think we kept a Wosu for that long. That was only year two or three. 
I think we gave him like a pretty good right. deal. Yeah. Hey, speaking uh, of, lots of lots of great gaming content. Madden will be the show in yes, two games yes. coming to the channel. So yes. plug for that. Um, yes. Follow I, me on Twitter. Rebuild. I don't know. They're a team that could use kind of rebuild, reloading, be fun to compete with. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore D-A-B-I. I'm going to be running a poll here in a few weeks to determine what team will be doing our Madden NFL franchise with this season. It's going to be a lot of fun. But let's dive into this secondary room. It's going to rank eighth here. And I think let's put it bluntly. I think some of the guys that they have in this scheme, I think they fit this scheme. And I think, for one, kudos to Xavier Howard. I'm glad he got that situation fixed because I think this scheme is so perfectly for him where kind of similar to J.C. Jackson in a way where you're just allowing your opportunistic ball hawk corners to go do that, except he's not Trayvon Diggs. He actually can cover a little bit and isn't pick six or touchdown given up. He actually has – go ahead. The beautiful thing about Howard is he's a big dude too. He can body body some some receivers – and um, that that really helps him as well go up against some of the more elite talents um, in the NFL. He just he's he's really good in coverage, and yeah, again, great ball skills, uh, which really helps the defense as a whole, not just Xavier Howard and 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 you know, great ball skills, creating turnovers, and uh, you know he he would be a reason why a quarterback would second guess himself, hold onto the ball just a split second longer, and then let this pass rush get home. And I'm not saying that, you know, like the, the best corners in football, Jalen Ramsey, Jair Alexander, for example, don't have good ball skills. But in my opinion, Warner, follow me here, he, he he has top three ball skills out of all corners in football. Um, I, I think he's up there. If you look at the like the elite ones, uh, really he, he has great, great balls, elite ball skills. Uh, Trayvon Diggs does have good ball skills. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Lattimore has really underrated ball skills. JC uh, Jackson. JC Jackson, obviously. Um, but we're getting besides the point. Byron Jones, I think, where he gets to be a number two corner, he kind of struggled at first with this scheme, but I think it's kind of. I think they overpaid him to start with. I didn't, yeah, they, yeah, they overpaid I really him. Like the signing or the value, at least. But, um, which, 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 is, which is why. Corner and, and a really good number two guy. He's a borderline number one guy. Which is why, uh, which is why JC, not JC, um, Xavier Howard was so upset that you know, and he wanted to be paid because they literally just overpaid for Byron Jones, and he's definitely better than Byron Jones uh, in the slot. And he's outproduced him in the slot. You got Nick Neiman, uh, ne- Nick Neenum, uh I'm, I'm sorry, um, who, who's just a solid slot corner. I think that you could see maybe no Igbinot. No, it could be Nogany. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I, I just freaking die trying to pronounce his name. And it's funny because I was like saying it in my head before we got on here. I'm like, yeah, this is easy. I've, I've talked about Noah before. But uh, yeah. I just, <laughs> you just said Noah. <laughs> I, I, just, I, just, I said Noah. <laughs> um, we're going to skip Javon. We're going to skip your safeties. Noah, uh... no, no, Noah who, Sean? Uh, Noah, uh, it. it you know, my buddy, my buddy, Noah. My buddy, you, you, you know, Former Noah. For the, for the Dolphins. Yeah, which Noah, though? A Noah Igby. Noah. Noah Igby, you don't know who I'm talking about? Noah Igby? But no, seriously, though. Noah Igby and Agony, 
I think you could definitely see him play some slides at some point this season. Uh, Jerome Baker has turned into a really good linebacker for them, especially in He's coverage. An athlete, man. Um, and, and, you know, he makes up for the rest of the linebackers being really subpar in this department. Channing Tindall could see some see some playing time because Alandon Roberts is just really, really bad in coverage. Um, you could also maybe see some Duke Riley uh, as, as well in, on passing situations. Because honestly, I think Duke Riley is probably better than Alandon Roberts. Um, holy hell, Javon Holland is really, really good at football. We 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 like Javon Holland coming out. I personally like Is Trayvon Morrick. No, Morrick. He was two, right? At least at least personally. I think our order was or my order was Morrick, Holland, and um and Richie Grant. I'm trying to refresh my memory and remember where Morrick went. No, he, he went to the Raiders. That's right, he went to the Raiders. Um poor guy. Poor, poor guy. Um, but um, no, man, Javon Holland is a stud. You're talking about another guy with just elite ball skills who it, it, who has great zone instincts as well. And I think he that's what really – He's a good blitzing safety, which is important good, in this game. And, and maybe we get him being what I think Brian Flores and then maybe in, by extension um, Josh Byer wanted out of Minka Fitzpatrick – and that is, you know, making him this versatile safety like Derwin James, where on third downs, you know, you might have him play in the slot or you might have him blitz. You might have him as a box safety on first down and then, you know, have him guard your tight ends and things of that nature. He's just a all-around versatile freak athlete who uh, I think is ascending and in a couple of years if not by the end of next season, I think could be the best safety in football. I don't say that lightly. Um, and uh, he, he's just that good of a talent. And in a scheme where he gets to be as opportunistic as possible and uh, really thrive, I think he, he definitely has all the upside in the world. Yeah, yeah. He's just a stud and he's going to keep getting better. Um, great blitzer, which again, in this scheme, is, is important. Let's... Uh, Dive into the run defense room here. It's going to rank 13th for the Dolphins. It's going to be hard. You have a hard time running on them with, again, uh, excuse me, Christian Wilkins in that interior. Uh, you have some decent guys as well. Uh, Andrew Van Kinkle, I think this is where you'll see him a lot more. Uh, Zach Salier is probably their best edge defender, run defender. Um, who's a mauler. He, he he really sheds blocks really, really well. You have really, really, really good uh, secondary pieces that defend the run really, really well. Um, Brandon Jones, and we didn't talk about this with your with their uh, secondary and their coverage grades, but Brandon Jones is probably going to see the field most of the time unless, you know, uh, Josh Boyer is a genius and decides, you know what, let, let's go – with uh eric rowe because brandon jones is such a liability in coverage but he's their second best uh run defender as a safety and even then he's okay uh but your corners do a great job uh nick needham is good in, in run coverage as well landon roberts he does definitely make more of an impact here but again keep an eye on channing tindall i think at some point channing tindall doesn't take over or i, I think he could take over as that second interior linebacker, because I think he he clears Alanda Roberts as a coverage backer, 
And uh, I think he's close enough as a run defender as well. Warren, what are your thoughts on this run defense? Yeah, no, uh, I would say it's um, it's one of the stronger parts of their defense. Obviously, they have a really good secondary, but um, uh, uh, it's a strong spot for this defense. Jerome Baker, again, is just an athlete. Javon Holland is going to contribute in the uh, running game as well. Um, and then, yeah, Jalen Phillips, um, again, assuming he can stay healthy, Andrew Van Ginkle. You're not going to see a lot of Melvin Ingram at, out of edge, but uh, Manuel Ogba, you've got – Basically three nose tackles and Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, Zach Seiler. Um, and, and, you know, you've got some, you've got some nice uh, youth as depth pieces and Cameron Good and Ben Still um, that, that I, that I like that I think is good for the overall health and, and morale of the room. Um, just gives the older guys a chance to mentor younger guys and, and uh, allow the younger guys to really bring that energy and, and um, both, be pushed um, by the older guys, but also kind of push the older guys, remind them that, Hey, you, you are getting up in age. You got to keep stepping up your game because you're going to eventually lose a step if you haven't already. So um, I think, uh, I think this run defense is, is going to, you know, be prime for a good season. And, you know, I don't mind saying that this pass rush is a weak spot. If you have a good, a good enough run defense in corners, the way you do. All right. All righty, let's uh, wrap things up here with the defensive strengths and weaknesses. Like Warner mentioned, no true number one pass rusher, and, and I suppose that is okay when you have it. Uh, Sean, you're muted, but yeah, no number one pass rusher. But again, that that the effect of that, the disadvantage of not having one is going to be minimized by this scheme. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, you know, you've got guys, Jalen Phillips could be a high-end number two. Maybe even a low end number one, uh, depending on health and, and his progression throughout the season. Again, we've touched on Emmanuel Ogba. Um, and then, you know, other than that, elite secondary, good potential uh, in the pass rush, really looking at Jalen Phillips there. Defensive coaching and, and the scheme they run to minimize the effect of not having a, a, a pass rusher. And then, yeah, the run defense is, 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 is a good unit as well. All righty, let's. First roll, let's wrap things up with their final grade and notes here. Uh, they're going to rank 19th with a 76.53 grade. Mike McDaniel, he, he's going to be in, in the run for his money this season, man. They're going to rank 23rd offensively, 15th defensively. Again, I, I do think a bright spot of this team is their coaching. I think their coaching staff is really underrated. I think they're going to do a great job on both ends. But I think they're going to have their work cut out for them and uh, – not only because this schedule is absolutely brutal. I don't know how Dolphins fans see this team winning 10 games this season. Um, Tua would have to be a top 10 quarterback out of midair. Um, because you look at the schedule, they're over under set at eight and a half. And honestly, these six games, I, I really, really had to pull out of my behind to get them to win. Like win week one against the Dolphins. The Bills and the Pats, yeah. At home, but no, seriously, I, I think first off, for some reason, the AFC East cannot play in Miami. It, they have a, a curse in Miami, yeah. especially the Patriots. The Patriots cannot win in Miami to save their lives, especially late in the season. So maybe this, the the fact that it's Week One, will help out the Pats there. Maybe, but, uh, yeah. The you know Pats, Ravens, Bills, Bengals. I mean, the Jets could be a solid team depending on Zach Wilson. Uh, then you've got the Vikings, who are a competitive team, the Steelers, who are a competitive team, the Lions, who are a competitive team. 
you've got eight straight weeks of competitive rosters, if not like Super Bowl uh, bound rosters and, and Ravens, Bills, Bengals, uh, three weeks in a row, and maybe even the Patriots. Yeah, and then you got week 10 against the Browns at home. Now, you, I, I can see, think, I can I see them winning that game. Uh, yeah, no, no Deshaun Watson. I think uh, Jacoby Brissett versus those corners is a favorable matchup for, for the Dolphins. Again, I, we, we got to give the Browns some wins. I feel like every every game we have the Browns play in week 1 through 11, uh, we, we, we've had them lose. It's like no no Deshaun Watson. Watson. is a huge loss for that team. Like They've got a really good roster, but – Oh, the Dolphins, obviously the Browns are going to be able to run the ball. They're going to be able to run the ball on anybody. But um, the Dolphins have a good enough run defense to, I think, force Brissett to make fourth quarter big-time throws, and, and I, I don't think he can make those. Yeah, and then uh, week 12 against the Texans, we'll have them win week 13. Man, week 13 through week 17. Niners, <laughs> Chargers, Bills, Packers, Patriots. That's even, crazy. even if somehow they're like in the playoff race heading into week 12 and they beat the Texans, I I just struggle to find a win. And four out of five of them are on the road. Like you're going to San Francisco. Yeah. You're going to Buffalo. You're going to New England. I mean, I know like the, the jokes about the Chargers, like you're still going to L.A. Like you're going in a like the, and there's no Miami Dolphin fans in LA. I swear to God, if that arena is packed <laughs> the Dolphins fans, we're gonna lose it. It's all um, turquoise in there. That is gonna be hilarious. And then you got the the Packers at home. That's and by then the Packers, if they're not trying to seal the division, they're definitely rounding out <laughs> in form. Like this is yeah. not week one, week two, week three, Green Bay. This is the Packers probably at the peak of their powers. In in your welcome right before playoff time, yeah, peak what? of their powers, peak of their powers. <laughs> <laughs> right before they just lose it in the second round of the playoffs. Right, right before their special teams cost them a playoff game. Speaking of special teams, Sean, uh, did you see uh, uh, the Cowboys-Chargers preseason game? I know it's the uh, preseason. You don't want to overreact, but uh, that's two return touchdowns. Uh, two. I'd, I'd rather not be depressed right now. It's too early. It's too early. We'll, we'll wait till the Chargers break down. Uh, to get we'll, we'll wait till the Chargers break down. We'll wait un- until our special teams or a stupid fumble costs us a game this year. We'll wait till then. Um, thank you guys so, so much for tuning into this episode of Sports Headlines Podcast. If you guys are new, please do subscribe and like over on YouTube. And if you're listening on podcasting platforms, please give us a five-star rating and review. It's the easiest way to support the podcast. Again, follow me on Twitter, guys, at Sean's Grow, D-A-V-I-M Warner, somewhere on Twitter, um, because um, – we got some great stuff coming to the channel. Really, really am pumped up about it. Um, in some capacity, you're going to get an NBA power ranking series um, from me in some capacity, whether or not it's – yeah, yeah, I'm going too far. But you're going to get that. Um, and then you have some MLB content, MLB The Show, MLB NBA 2K, Madden, things of that nature. I am stoked. Um, so, again, follow me on Twitter. I'll have some Twitter polls going up soon. And thank you. Caught you. And um, – and, uh, yeah. I was wondering why you kept slamming your desk. Uh, Warner, anything else before we wrap up? Oh, thank you guys so much for watching, and um, peace out.